Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. thank you for great grace that you have given us in this season of time. Thank you for great grace upon your church, God. Thank you for comfort. Thank you for enabling us, God, to be flexible, to just move in the winds and the currents of your presence, Lord, in this time, in this season. just really want to thank the church once again just for being so gracious and being so patient at this time and we over much prayer much prayer <laughs> I mean that much prayer we made the decision to make the adjustments in our gatherings and we want to thank you just for being understanding being gracious and especially mature um, you know everyone's faith is at a very different level and um, I was sharing with some friends the other night, you know, we, we never want to make ourselves the judge or the jury of where someone is at in their realm of faith concerning meeting corporately or not meeting. What, I just say, whatever you do, do it in faith. Amen? Whatever you do, do it in faith. And we truly look forward to regathering here corporately and just worshiping together, being together. And this is so different, isn't it? <laughs> so different. And um, I refuse that this will be our new norm. Is anybody with me? This is not our new normal. <laughs> Amen. Things are going to change. If there's one thing I know about God, th things are going to change. Amen. Faithful and true. Faithful and true. Things are going to change. Well, we're so blessed that you're here with us. <laughs> There's such a tangible, thick presence of the Lord on us in this room right now. Wow. It's just amazing. Isn't it? It is amazing. Pastor Gene, it is amazing. So thick. So for those of you that have gathered with us tonight, we just want to welcome you. I want to encourage you to grab your Bibles right now, if you would, just begin to prepare yourself. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is upon the Word of God. We thank you that it is life-giving. We thank you, Lord, that your Word empowers us. Your Word enables us with great grace and power and authority. Lord, we thank you that your word cuts away and it, it prunes that which needs to go. We thank you that your word challenges us and lifts us, Lord, into a heavenly vantage point so that we have a true spirit of understanding, a true spirit of revelation, a true spirit of wisdom and the fear of the Lord. We thank you that in the word, Lord, you release a, a spirit of the fear of the Lord, that we tremble at your word, Lord, that, that we stand in your word and we tremble in the power and the holiness of your word, God, and we are changed. 
So, Lord, we just thank you that even now, God, your, your word will go in the winds of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, I see that. Your word will just be carried in the winds of the Spirit throughout this broadcast, throughout, throughout the remainder of this night, and long after the lights go off and the, the gatherings are closed up. And, Lord, that this, this word will go on and have a life of its own, ever-expanding strengthening, encouraging believers, new believers, unbelievers to come to Christ in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just thank you again for the privilege of being called to stand before you as your messenger. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. To you be the glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like you to begin the journey with me in the book of 2 Timothy. We're going to begin our journey there, and I'm going to begin to read out of the Passion Translation tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Passion Translation. I want to give you a moment to go there. And Cody, thank you so much, brother. Love you. Appreciate you. I want to say up front tonight, and to those that know me, um, you will know that my goal is not to be provocative, but my goal is to be very real and to be very candid. And I believe that the, the hour demands that we be sober and that we be very candid. Amen? Can we do that? Are you with me? Can you do that tonight? So again, we're, we're not here to be provocative, but we're here to be real and to rightly divide the word of truth to empower us tonight. The Apostle Paul begins to write his young apprentice, his spiritual son, second book of Timothy in chapter 3. Again, we're reading out of the Passion Translation. I'm starting in verse 1. But you need to be aware... That in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. You need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and will be difficult for the people of God. People will become self-centered. Lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. They will boast of great things. And as they strut around in their arrogant pride, and they will mock all that is right. How many of you are seeing that today? They'll strut around with arrogant pride, and they'll mock all that is right. They will ignore their families. They'll be ungrateful. They'll be ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, slaves to their own desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. You see those words? They'll be ferocious. They'll be belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their, their delight in the pleasures of the world more than the pleasures of loving God. They will pretend 
to have a respect for God. But in reality, they want nothing. They want nothing to do with His power. Stay away from people like these. Are you hearing that? Stay away from people like these. For they are the ones who worm their way into to their hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those who are captured by their lust and steeped in sin. They are always learning, but never discovering revelation knowledge of truth. History gives us this example with the Egyptian sorcerers Janus and Jambres, who stood against Moses in their arrogance. And so it will be in the last days with those who reject the faith, with their corrupt minds and arrogant hearts standing against the truth. Dear friends, I want to start with you tonight by making this statement of where we're going this evening as we begin the journey throughout the Scriptures. My, my point in all of this and our foundations as we begin to open the Scriptures tonight is America is in desperate, desperate need of an awakened conscience. America is in desperate need of an awakened conscience. And nothing, nothing can accomplish this but an encounter with Almighty God. The only way we're going to come into an epic historic course correction in the United States of America is through an encounter with a living God. That is the only thing that will bring a true course correction for this nation. To bring an awakened conscience for the United States, it will come by an encounter with the living God, with the fire of God. If you're awake tonight, you understand that the God mockers and the God haters right now, they are not in hiding. No, ladies and gentlemen, they are not in hiding whatsoever. They are becoming even more emboldened and stronger, and they're arising on the front lines right now in a spirit of Jezebel, coming to mock all that is right, all that is pure, all that is godly. You can look right now, if you have eyes to see, if you have spiritual eyes to see right now, you can see the witches that are moving to the front lines right now. You can see the witches that are sitting even with Joe Biden on the news. You can see the witches that have joined themselves even now to Bill Gates and Soros. You can see the realms of witchcraft right now that are moving in a strong warfare in the political realm if you have eyes to see. If you have eyes to see. But the good news tonight, the good news, somebody say good news. The good news is this. The future truly does not belong to the God-haters. The future does not belong to the God-mockers. The future truly belongs to God's lion hearts, his lions and his lionists. The future truly be belongs to God's righteous. And I say to those God-haters and those God-mockers, truly, if they, you, you mark these words, my dear friends, and don't let go of them. If they do not repent of partnering with these demonic spirits, they will find themselves in the lake of fire with Satan himself at the end of the age. And my God, that is sobering. 
I'm speaking to you tonight about a historic course correction. And the pathway is through innocent blood. Innocent blood, a historic course correction. Moving through the scriptures tonight, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, and I'm going to begin to read out of the, the New King James Version tonight. There are six things that the Lord hates. Now, don't miss that word. Don't, don't allow yourself just to hurdle over that word. Do you see the big H word? It says there's six things that the Lord hates. That the Lord hates. Yes, there's seven are an abomination unto him. Some of you are still turning in your scripture, so let's go back to the front of the train. There's six things that the Lord hates. If you want to hold your, your place there, Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13, it says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Everybody say that tonight. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Will you just say it with me tonight? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. If you read on, it says to hate pride, to hate arrogance. Notice that. To hate pride, to hate arrogance, to hate evil behavior and perverse or perverted speech. This is what the Lord hates. We can't just jump over that and hurdle that. We've got to see it. Let's move on. Seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, underlining in your scriptures, hands that shed, say it with me, innocent blood. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift to running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And the one who sows discord amongst the brethren. What is an abomination? If you look up what an abomination is, it means to cause disgust or to cause hatred. Isn't that amazing? That God has emotions, that God has feelings. We always talk to God about our feelings, about our emotions. But you know what, folks? God has feelings and God has emotions. And God can be moved to disgust. And God can be moved to a, a realm of true burning hatred. There's things that God hates. He calls them an abomination unto, unto him. And tonight we're dealing with hands that shed innocent blood. Underline it in your scriptures. God is giving a call to the United States of America right now. And it is a call to repent for the shedding of innocent blood. There is innocent blood that is crying out even now. Like Abel's blood, when Cain, his brother, slayed him. You find this in Genesis chapter 4. Put it in your notes tonight. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 10 where God speaks to Cain, and the Lord says to Cain, Genesis 4 and 10, what have you done? What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood, it's crying out to me from the ground. This is God speaking. God comes to Cain, and he says, I can hear your brother's blood. Though he is dead, his blood is yet still speaking. What have you done? His blood is crying out to me, from the ground. Wow. Folks, do your fact-checking tonight. Over 60 million. Over 60 million infant babies, destinies 
purposes, potentials, 60 million lives have been destroyed since January 22nd, 1973, when Roe versus Wade was signed through the Supreme Court into legislation. It's a number that we can't even begin to fathom. We can't even begin to fathom it. God says, I hate the shedding of innocent blood. I hate the hands that go to shed us, shedding innocent blood. 60 million. 60 million lives since 1973. That was the year my wife was born. In fact, my wife was born the day before Roe versus Wade was signed into legislation in the United States. And I was born the same year, 1973. I found an interesting passage of Scripture. I don't know what you will do with this Scripture, but I want you to tuck it into your spirit tonight and let it brew in you. It's found through the prophet Isaiah, the mighty prophet from Israel is still speaking to us in 2020. And in Isaiah chapter 26, I'm reading out of the New King James Version tonight. Isaiah 26, as you're moving through the Scriptures with us, and I'm resting in verse 20 and 21. God says this through Isaiah. God says, come, come my people, enter your chambers or your houses. Enter your chambers or your houses. I'm in Isaiah 26 verse 20. And shut your doors behind you. Everybody see that? Hide yourself, as it were, for just a little moment until the indignation has passed. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. My God. The Lord is coming to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will no longer dis, uh, will disclose her blood, will no longer be able to cover her slain. I want to read it out of the New Living Translation tonight. Look, the Lord is coming from heaven to punish the earth, the people of the earth for their sins. He's coming to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer be able to hide who they have killed. They will be brought out for all to see. My God, this is sobering. In the book of Jeremiah, we find the weeping prophet of God, the weeping prophet of Israel, still crying and weeping, and perhaps crying and weeping over a generation in 2020 even now. In Jeremiah 8 and verse 12, this is what he says. He says, were they ashamed when they committed this abomination? What am I talking about? I'm talking about the shedding of innocent blood because there is a cry. There is a call that's going out to America right now from God. Repent of your sin. Repent and turn from your sin, from the innocent shedding of blood. Even now, that is the cry of God from the Carolinas to California, from Alaska to Florida to Hawaii. God is saying, America, repent of your sins. It's the cry of the Lord. 
But Jeremiah cries out, and he says, were they ashamed when they committed these abominations? No, they were not ashamed at all, nor did they even know how to blush. They did not even know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. And in the time of their punishment, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. What is he saying? He said basically their consciousness was seared. Their conscience was seared. Their consciousness was dead. And I want to say again, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one who can awaken the conscience of America, and that is an encounter with the living God. America needs an encounter with the living God, the one true God and the Son of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that can awaken the heart. That can awaken the consciousness to know that we have brutally grieved the heart of God. And God has a deep hatred for this. Again, I want to say, I'm not here to be provocative. I'm here to be very real. And I've said this, and I'm going to say it again to those of you that are new to us. Or perhaps you've come online tonight. But I I realize that no matter what I say, I am going to offend someone. And I, I left a, a long time. I threw away the fantasy a long time ago that I was going to please everybody or, or everyone was going to like me or everyone wanted to be my friend. I threw away that illusion and that fantasy long ago. You don't have to like the messenger, but I'm telling you, you have to listen to the message that comes from the word of a holy God that is still crying to avert judgment in this hour on the nations we have hit a divine pause from almighty God so that he can shake all that can be shaken so that which cannot be shaken will remain are you with me tonight hallelujah the word needs to be my final authority in this hour say that the word of God needs to be my final authority in this hour. And I want to tell you, my dear friends, these issues are not going away. God's going to keep putting it in front of our face. The issue of abortion is not going away. God can hear the cry of the shedding of blood as sure as he could hear the blood crying from Abel from the ground. He can hear it tonight. And God is saying, I want repentance I want you to turn away from this evil. I want you to stop the shedding of innocent blood. Wow. I know this is strong. I know this is strong. But we need it. It was just nearly five years ago when I released my first book, Unstoppable and Unquenchable Fire. When the burning heart of God ignites a life invades our cities and recaptures a nation. And that's the heart of God. That's where God is going after America right now. He is moving swiftly and strongly to let the word be heralded. Repent and turn back to me. He is wooing and calling a prodigal nation back to him in his loving kindness, in his forbearance, in his mercy, in his patience. Like he's done to all of us. We like sheep have all gone astray to our own way. And we ran from the Lord. But the Holy Spirit is wooing a nation to him, even now, calling them home. 
It wasn't long after I released my book, I was, <laughs> I was asked to sp speak at what we would call a mega church, and that's church of many thousands. And as I spoke at the church, when I was done ministering behind closed doors, I was summoned to be rebuked and reprimanded because you did not talk in that church about abortion. You didn't talk in that church about homosexuality because they were deemed political issues. It was a big no-no to preach in that church because you weren't to touch the sacred cows of the political issues of homosexuality or lesbian lifestyle or, or God forbid, speak of abortion. I thought, my God, why did you even call me to this church to preach? Why did you even ask me to stand in the pulpit then? It was a news flash to me that these were now deemed political issues, and they weren't allowed to be spoken of in that church. And I want to tell you, that minister in that hour, he was like many of the, the, the players in this hour in the pulpit because they are trying their best to play it safe. If we could just keep playing it safe and we can act like it's wisdom, it's wisdom's call to play it safe. It's not wisdom at all, ladies and gentlemen. What it is is a seducing spirit to keep the butts in the seats, to keep the money flowing into the church, and that everything could be case sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be, but don't touch the real issues of sin. The real burning matters that is causing God to move in disgust and anger. I'm telling you, America's pulpits need to be white hot with fire again, saying the Lord is calling in love to repent. Every one of you hearing my, the sound of my voice knows what it is when the Holy Spirit moves in you like thunder, moves in you like lightning and says, turn away from that sin. And brother, when you hear it, you've got to stand at attention and say yes. And I'm telling you in this hour, America has got to hear the Holy Spirit summonsing it to the throne of God. George Orwell, he wrote a famous book back in 1984. Somebody take care of that, whatever's going on outside. I know that we good? Yeah, you guys can take care of that. But George Orwell wrote these words in 1984. He said, in times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. I want to say that again. Hear it. In times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. You Listen, folks, you better write it down. And I, I think people are warming up to the truth and the idea. When you tell the truth in this hostile atmosphere, in this hostile culture, in this society, even now, you better be ready for a fierce backlash. You've got to be ready for it. You've got to be ready to stand your ground. You've got to be ready to speak the truth in love and with the authority, knowing that the Holy Spirit is going to back you up. Heaven will back you up. You may be denounced by this generation. You may be called a fool. <laughs> People may laugh you to scorn, but you better be able to stand your ground. And I said last week, look, I, I've been preaching the gospel now for 25 years I've been through revival movements. I love revival. My wife and I love revival. We love awakening. We love the moving of the Spirit. We love the outpouring of the Spirit. 
I've laid and done carpet time everywhere. I've been to the hottest revivals. We've been leading in revivals at times. But I want to tell you what God is doing in this hour. There is an anointing from the Holy Spirit that will not only, not only has the power to put you on the floor to do some serious carpet time, there is an anointing from the Holy Spirit in this hour that will cause you to stand and stand bold in this hour as a woman of God, as a man of God. There is an anointing from the Holy Spirit that will make you stand in the hour of adversity, in the hour of trial. The days are evil, the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians. Are you with me tonight? I cannot hear you shouting at your home gatherings, but are you with me tonight? We can be silent no longer. We can be silent no longer. See, God is not silent on the issue of sin. God is not silent on the issue of sin and abomination. Last year, I'm going to leave this man of God's name out of this message tonight, but a very, very, very prominent preacher in the body of Christ, who is known nationally in our nation and is known internationally, called me last year on the phone after reading my first book. And he said, Brian, in 40-plus years of ministry, he said, I have only spoken one time on abortion in over 40 years. He said, I had to get before God and repent Repent before the Lord for never dealing with this in my generation. He was so moved, he called me to just one-on-one, -on -one tell me that he had repented unto the Lord and even wanted to re repent to me, which was shocking. We cannot remain silent any longer. In my book, Bold as Lions, I, I wrote at length about a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer comes to us out of the era of World War II. He was a German pastor. He was an anti-Nazi dissident. <clears throat> he spoke out against Hitler immediately. He spoke out against Hitler, the Third Reich. He was chased by the Gestapo. He ran for his life. Dietrich was finally caught. He was imprisoned. After several years of being in prison, finally he was stripped nude. He was hung in a concentration camp by the Nazis. He's the author of a book that I encourage you to get. It's called The Cost of Discipleship. Put it in your notes tonight. The Cost of Discipleship. It's a powerful, powerful book. And if you want more about Dietrich, you can get my book, Bold as Lions. And this is not just a commercial. Those of you in our family, you know that. This is part of our tribe. This is part of our lion tribe, our pride here. But I wrote at length about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And these are not Brian's words. These are Dietrich Bonhoeffer's words. And he said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. 
Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. And God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Did you hear that? Not to speak is to speak. And not to act is to act. How about these words from Martin Luther King, another reformer of the United States of America? Dr. Martin Luther King, a great reformer, civil rights leader of the United States, he said these words. He said, to ignore evil is to become an accomplice to it. Wow. To ignore evil is to become an accomplice to it. Sadly, these warnings that I'm talking about are most appropriate for the church of America at this time in history right now. There, there is an evil, ladies and gentlemen, hear the Holy Spirit tonight. There is an evil, there is a holocaust far beyond the genocide of World War II going on right now for the last 47 years of abortion from coast to coast in America. This is hard stuff to preach. This is hard stuff to even talk about. Jesus, help me. I'll get him just a second. Jesus, help me. Folks, I hope you're listening. I think, I think many of you are very well educated. I think people, people in, in, at least in our tribe, stay very educated and know what's happening. But not only are we killing babies, ladies and gentlemen, we, gentlemen, we are dismembering babies. We are selling now baby parts. God forbid. Bid. We are selling baby parts. We are murdering struggling infants that are trying to survive after the brutality of an attempted abortion. This is just unbelievable, the hour that we're in. And you think that God isn't calling and crying out to America to repent. It's amazing in this hour as a, as a messenger from God, you can, by, by other ministries, you can almost be laughed to scorn because they're so drowning in a false grace message, they can't even handle really truth being served to them by the word of God. It's amazing to me. My God, save us from ourselves. America has lost its soul, folks. Remember what I said. It is only God who can awaken our conscience. It is only God who can awaken our conscience. Jeremiah 8, 12 again, he says, Were they ashamed of their, this abomination? No, they weren't ashamed at all. They couldn't even blush. They had the inability to blush over it. Did you know that Planned Parenthood last year in their 2019 campaign, it was called the Freedom to F-U-C-K campaign. Sorry, folks, but this is the world that we live in. This is, this is the world we really live in. It was the campaign, your Freedom to F-U-C-K campaign by Planned, Planned Parenthood. And they had all their celebrity buddies out there on the front lines 
And, they, and the slogan was, shout your abortion, celebrate your abortion. Shout your abortion, celebrate your abortion. Video after video, I watched them. Video after video of Hollywood celebrities ranting over the glory of their abortion. I'll tell you what, folks. That God-mocking spirit is vile in this country. I watch these Hollywood celebrities go to a, a whole nother level as they begin to speak against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh because they were, so, they were so afraid of him coming on the Supreme Court. Ladies and gentlemen, I was there. I was there at the hearings of the Senate for Brett Kavanaugh during those days. I was there in the Senate building while grown women were standing out in the parks, out in the grass, outside the building, pulling down their panties and urinating in plastic bags in hope that they could run into the building and dump their urine on the heads of anyone that supported Brett Kavanaugh. I was there. I was there. I witnessed this vile filth in our nation. And my God, how I felt the thunder and the lightnings of God in my spirit. I kept sitting in that room behind Brett Kavanaugh while the world is watching him. Amazed that God would place me there and put me there. And I am still calling on the Lord that in our generation we will see abortion abolished from the United States of America. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God is calling for repentance. Folks, you know what will cause a historic course correction in America? You better thank God for President Trump. My God, you better thank God for Vice President Mike Pence. You better thank God for the gifts of God that they are for mercy to this nation right now. Because there is a sinister, wicked, vile people that would do anything they could do to annihilate the power of the church. But thank God, Jesus said, I will build my church. And you know what that means? Whatever Jesus builds, no one can tear down. It is immovable. It is unshakable. It is unquenchable. It is unstoppable. What Jesus builds, it cannot be torn down. He said, you tear this temple down, and in three days, baby, I'll raise it up again. Baby is my translation. Sorry, that was the Gibbs translation. He said, you tear this temple down, I'll build it up in three days. And I'm going to tell you, brother, whatever Jesus builds, it'll never be decimated. They can do their worst, but they'll never take out the church. I said they can do their worst, but they will never take out the church. Hallelujah. Nero tried to do it. They would burn him at the stake. My, wife's, my wife and I stood in Rome in the Colosseum, a gasp of history of what took place in that Roman Colosseum. But did that destroy the church? Ladies and gentlemen, no, it did not. Here we sit right now in 2020, 
And the church is still blazing and burning and ever expanding in the nations. And the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth, even as the waters cover the sea in these last days. Glory to God. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me, church? In Psalm 119, thank you, son. In Psalm 119, in verse 53, it says, Whore has taken hold on me because the wicked have forsaken your law. Ladies and gentlemen, where is the majority of the church in this hour? Where is the outrage? It's amazing. It's amazing how many Christians are totally aloof. That they're not even willing to go anywhere near anything political. They just rather bury their head in the sand. And they wonder why in the world America looks the way it looks. Listen, I... Again, I'm not trying to be provocative right now, but I'm going to tell it to you straight, brother. I'm going to tell it to you straight. The devil could care less how many revival meetings you want to get in and have a good time. He's, he is fine with you dancing along through a fire tunnel and getting fired up as long as you don't mess with his territory of discipling the United States of America. And sadly, while revival was burning in the last 25 years, Satan himself has been discipling this nation and something has drastically got to change. If we don't get involved, if we don't stand and break our silence and cry out against the wickedness in society, we will not have an ultimate comeback. We will not have a turnaround until the church becomes courageous and bold as lions in this hour to weep over the sting of shame of what is happening in the United States of America. It's amazing, folks. I mean, there's a major problem. Haven't you seen there's a major problem? Our, co our coffee shops and our churches are packed, but our altars are empty. There's a problem. You can have concerts at the church and be highly entertained. You call a prayer meeting and hardly anybody comes. That's a major problem. That's a major problem, ladies and gentlemen. God desires to heal our land. God desires to avert judgment and save America. It's going to require you and I partnering with God to do it. God needs you, Sandra. God needs you, Pastor Gene. God needs you, Josiah. God needs you, Bren. God needs you, Mary. God needs you, my friend, to partner with him in this hour. Now, I want to ask you a question tonight. What in the world have we become? What in the world have we become? One of our founding fathers, John Adams, John Adams says these words. He says, our Constitution was made only for a moral and a religious people. Do you see that? Our Constitution was, was only made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to government of any other. Wow. Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States of America, the signer of the Declaration of Independence, he gave us this grave warning. He says, God who gave us life and liberty... And can the liberties of a nation be thought secured when we have removed it, removed their only firm basis? 
a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God and that that they are not to be violated but with his wrath. Indeed, hear these words, Thomas Jefferson, indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. My friend, God's fire never sleeps. God's fire never sleeps. His justice and his righteousness never sleeps. And it is coming. It is coming. This is why we are giving all of our effort right now to save America. For those of you that are part of this ministry, to our, to our Light the Fire ministry partners throughout the country that have supported us for nearly 25 years, me and my wife, and to those that are part of this victory at Church of His Presence family in this region, Sarasota, Bradenton, Venice, beyond, you understand now why we continue to put so much effort in turning America back to God. This is a fight that we've got to be willing to involve ourselves in. We're coming into a third great awakening by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is only a third great awakening that can stop this runaway train. It is only a true great awakening. It is only a true outpouring of the Holy Spirit that can transform the consciousness of America. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 136. Rivers of tears, they they run down from my eyes because men do not keep your law. Jeremiah 9, verse 1. I read these scriptures to you last week. I'm staying right in the same theme. He says, oh, that my head were a pool of water and my eyes were a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for my people who have been slaughtered. America's walls have been broken down, my friends. Our gates of authority have been burned up. It seems like, it seems like every vile, evil abomination has flooded in our nation and taken captive everything that it wishes. And that is why God is searching for righteous men and women to stand before him on the behalf of America. I want to say it to you again. That is why God is searching right now for righteous sons and daughters right now to stand before him on the behalf of America. If Ezekiel was here today, and he's going to preach in a minute because I'm going to use his words. The prophet Ezekiel, he sought for a man in his day. The sin and wickedness of Israel was raging. The sin and wickedness of Israel was raging out of control. God was seeking to avert judgment of Israel. Guys, God does not delight. God takes no delight in judgment. God takes no delight in judgment. God delights in mercy. God delights in allowing his mercy to triumph over judgment. That is his heart. Where the heart of God is, is he wants to ambush judgment with his mercies and forgiveness and blood and loving kindness. 
That's the heart of God. But I don't want you to miss this other side. That sometimes God's judgments are His righteous mercies. And sometimes His mercies are His righteous judgments. Can you hear that tonight? Ezekiel chapter 22. Put it in your notes. Ezekiel 22. Israel was far from God. They were lewd. They were proud. Israel was lewd. They were proud. They had leaders that were ravenous wolves. Their their leaders were actually abusing their God-given authority. Israel had forsaken God. And now the nation was growing weak. They were growing anemic. They were growing worldly. Israel had become powerless. And it literally says that God had made them a laughing stock to the secular world. God had reduced Israel to become a laughing stock. A nation who was leading the world. Uh, 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 the world would look to Israel and said, how great is their God. This is the God that blows open the seas. This is the God that leads them by a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. This is a God that manifests himself and rests in the midst of these people. Yet these people had become lewd, powerless, worthless before God. They had forsaken the Lord. Ezekiel 22 and verse 4, he says, Therefore I have made thee a reproach to the heathen and a mocking to all the nations. Let me give you a snapshot of what it really looked like. Because God was grieved with Israel. They had adultery. They had shedding of innocent blood. Hear it. They had shedding of innocent blood. And God was burning with wrath against them. They had, they had corrupted their institutions. Their very pillars of government had now been corrupted. Their officials were cor corrupted. The land was filled with immorality. Does this sound familiar? Mothers and fathers were forsaking their own children. Corruption in business. You read it. This is all in Ezekiel 22. This is all in Ezekiel 22. Corruption of businesses. Corruption of taxes. Extortion. Greed, the defiance of God. Do you hear that? The defiance of God in His Word. That's what Israel was doing. That's what America is doing right now. Just flubbing their nose. Flubbing their chin to Almighty God. Like He's just some indifferent bystander and it's going to be okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And the land became, the land of Israel became defiled. How? Because of sin. Then, in, is, in, in Ezekiel's day, if that's not bad enough, you start looking at the church, so to speak. You start investigating the priest of Ezekiel's day. And what you find out is they were distorting the word of God so bad that they were leading the nation into error. That's, just a, that's a mic drop right there. The leaders that were supposed to be called by God, the people who were supposed to be voices for God, the people that were supposed to have a clear word from God were actually leading the nation into error. My God, we've seen that for how many decades in America? Pulpit after pulpit, leading people, the blind leading the blind into error in this hour. So in Ezekiel 22, verse 30, I know this is strong. Hang on to the Holy Ghost. If you have an ear to hear, then hear. 
If you, if you don't have an ear to hear, then turn it off. But if you have an ear to hear tonight, then hear it. If you have eyes to see, then see it. God said to Ezekiel in verse 30, he said, I look for someone. I look for someone who might rebuild the walls of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. But I found no one. Gee whiz. That is strong. I need another water, son, if you can help me. It happened in the day of Jeremiah. Open that up. It happened in the day of Jeremiah. Thank you, son. Jeremiah chapter 5. God is looking for men and women. You young people hearing this message tonight, God is looking for you. You teenagers. God is looking for a righteous young woman, a righteous young man. You take it to heart tonight. You're never too young to be used by God. You're never too young to be used by God. I was six years old in my father's bedroom when God used me for the first time under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're never too young to be used by God. God did the same thing in the, in the prophet Jeremiah's day. Jeremiah 5.1, he says, Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know. I seek for her in open places if I can find a man. And if there's anyone who will execute judgment, who seeks the truth, and I will pardon her. What is, what is the... What is the Lord saying? He's telling the prophet, I will pardon an entire nation if I can find one man who will stand in the gap. I will pardon an entire nation if I can find a man who will stand in the gap. Wow. The eyes of the Lord, they're roaming to and fro upon the whole earth. Seeking whose hearts are loyal unto him. That he can show himself strong and mighty on their behalf. Josiah, you will remember it wasn't that long ago last year. You and your mom and I, Victoria, others here. We went to Orlando. We stood in the midst of a crowd of 59,000 students and young adults. And we raised our hands and we said, Lord, here am I, send me. Here am I. Send me. It's the words of the prophet Isaiah who had the encounter before the throne of God. Here, I'm, here am I, Lord. Send me. Let this be your cry tonight, knowing that the eyes of the Lord, they are roaming to and fro upon the whole earth. And I, I want to say to victory, can I just dial it down for just a minute? I want to say to victory at Church of His Presence, the eyes of the Lord, they are roaming to and fro across America, seeking for a church that He can inhabit and rest upon, that He can pour out His glory and His power on a city, on, an, on a region, in a state once again. And I say, God, here am I. Here we are. Send us. Somebody shout amen. God is still looking for mighty men and women of God to build up the spiritual walls and to stand in the gap. The United States Marine Corps 
says they're always looking out for just a few good men. Just a few good men, and I'll say in a few good women. Ladies, you can say amen. <laughs> you and I are ambassadors. I want to remind us tonight who we are. Say it, I'm an ambassador. Say it, I'm God's messenger. I'm God's agent of change. Yes, say it. I am his reformer. I am his healer. I am his mender. I am his restorer. Come on, say it with me. I am God's agent of change. I am God's messenger. I am God's ambassador. I am God's healer. I am God's mender. God is calling us to shape this culture. And brother, what a messy, dirty work it is. If you don't like to get your hands messy or get your hands dirty, whoa, you better rethink it. you got to get into this fight. And it is a fight worth fighting. It is the good fight of faith. It is the good fight of faith. I want to ask you a question tonight. What does revival look like? What does awakening look like? I declare we are a reformation generation. I declare we are a reformation generation. Revival and, re and reformation looks like abortion being abolished from the United States of America. That's what it looks like. That's what it's, that's what it's going to look like. And you need to let yourself see it, dream it, pray it, decree it, say it over and over that America shall be saved. That America shall come back to God. That America will hear the voice of the Father saying, come home. Come home. Repent of your sin, son and daughter. Come home to my love. Revival and awakening looks like the Supreme Court being cleansed and purified. That this gateway would be purified from releasing all this hell into America. Reformation looks like righteousness and justice coming to honor God and fearing his holy word, trembling at his word. Revival and reformation and awakening. It looks like our college campuses being reformed in secularism and fascism and socialism driven out by the hand of God. Revival looks like homosexuals and lesbians falling on their face before a holy God. And realizing their sin has so broken their life and broken the heart of God that they're willing to repent and call themselves into a life of purity to honor the Lord with their bodies, with their eyes, with all that they are. That's what it looks like, my friends. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, they'll seek my face, they'll turn from their wicked ways, I'll forgive the sin. I'll forgive the sin and I'll heal the land. I'll forgive the sin and I'll heal the land. I want you to grab your Bibles one more time and go to Matthew chapter 3 tonight. It's like a fire in me. Josiah, can I go ahead and have that now? Did you already give it to me? 
There it is. <laughs> Matthew chapter 3, and I'm going to begin to read out of the New King James Version. Everybody good? You with me tonight? I see you up there in the balcony. <laughs> Matthew 3. Matthew 3. In verse 3. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Say it with me tonight. Prepare the way of the Lord. Say it with me tonight. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Jump down to verse 10. I'm closing tonight. And even now an axe is laid to the roots of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John the Baptist speaking. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. His sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. Notice what he says about Jesus. John the Baptist says these words about Jesus. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Y'all see that? He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. He will gather the wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable Fire. God himself is fire, ladies and gentlemen. Cody, I'd like you to come join me. This is our time. This is our watch. This is our hour to contend for the restoration of the United States of America and the nations of the earth that you burn for in your spirit. We cannot miss this opportunity. Leonard Ravenhill said these powerful words, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. This is our greatest opportunity, church, now. Now, it is time to intercede for America. It is time to see America repent and come home. It is time to see God awaken the very consciousness of this generation. Would you put your Bibles aside? Would you just lift your hands with me before the Lord? God, you are mighty to save. You are mighty to save. You are mighty to heal and deliver. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, forever. You are the same.
Your mercy endures to a thousand generations. Your mercy endures to a thousand generations, God. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I want to speak to the men of God and the women of God that are with us tonight and that are here in the sanctuary to hear the wooing of the Holy Spirit and do not resist the wooing and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Do not resist the fire of the Lord. Do not, do not um, reject the intensity of the fire of the Lord coming in a greater measure than you've known before. Don't resist it. God Himself is fire. Don't resist it. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are putting your eternal burnings in us to cry out for America, for she shall be saved. We will see an ultimate comeback. We will see a turnaround. We will be part of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We will see the harvest. We will see the altars of wickedness come down. We will see a divine confrontation of the sons and daughters of light, the covenant sons to the evil and the schemes that have risen up to destroy this land, they will not prosper. Every form of witchcraft, every vile secret in the dark kingdom will be exposed and it will bow its knee. It will bow its knee to the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over this nation so that mercy can triumph over judgment. I plead your blood, Lord, so that your Father can hear your blood crying out for mercy over this land. Save our nation, Lord. Save our nation. Come on, cry it out, Lord. Save our nation. Don't let it just be my prayer. Let it be your prayer. Lord, save. Save our nation. You're mighty to save. You're mighty to deliver. You're mighty to heal, God. Save America now, God. Save America now, God. May this decade be the decade of the double harvest, God. The double harvest in the name of Jesus. Thrust us into the fields, God. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I say Sarasota, Florida, receive the kingdom. Sarasota, receive the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be done. Sarasota, receive the kingdom of God. Southwest Florida region, receive the kingdom. Florida, awaken.
Florida, awaken. Oh God, you awaken your mighty warriors, your mighty remnant bride in this hour. You awaken them to stand at attention to stand in the fear of the Lord, to decree your word, to loose your power, to decree a thing and it shall be established, to move back the powers of darkness and loose the glory of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, power on display, power on display, power on display power in your young people, power upon the children. God, power upon the children. Healing and signs and wonders through our little children. They'll lay hands on the sick and see healings and miracles and wonders and signs. Our young people, God, will see the manifestation of your power. They'll see the miraculous through their hands. They will testify and give prophetic visions. They will see visions Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions, God. They will prophesy. You will pour out your spirit on all flesh upon your sons and your daughters. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. America is yours, Lord. I hope you're still with me tonight. Let's just grab a hold right now. Let's just surround. Let's just surround President Donald John Trump. Let's surround Vice President Mike Pence right now like a wall of fire right now. Like a wall of fire. Angels, angel armies, angel armies, angel armies like a wall of fire about them that no evil can touch them. No wicked scheme of witchcraft can touch them. No seducing spirit of evil people can 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 touch them or sidetrack them in Jesus name God you are a shield about them you are a shield about them you are their glory you are the lifter of their head God oh thank you God thank you God pour your oil over the White House God pour your oil over the White House and over every house in America You will win the soul of America. You will win the heart of this nation again, God. You will win the heart of this nation. You will win the soul of this nation again, mighty God. You will do it. Your love is an unstoppable force. Your love is an unquenchable fire. You will do it, God. We shall return. Say it. We shall return. Say it. We shall return. Come home. Come home. Come home. Come home. Come home, America. Come home, America. Thank you, God.
Father, tonight we repent and renounce the shedding of innocent blood. God, God, we renounce the shedding of innocent blood, of the innocent, of the innocent God, of the innocent God. sin God you excel at forgiving sin God your your strength is to forgive our sin the power of your love and grace is to forgive our sin God we repent of our sin we repent God for the wickedness of this bloodshed stand before you as covenant sons and daughters would you stand in the sanctuary tonight with me just stand before the Lord stay with me tonight thank you God Brent I want you to just join me honey Church, stay in your secret place in your home. Stay in the secret place. Stay in your place of, of worship. Stay in your place of prayer. Do not relent, church, calling on the name of the Lord to save America. Do not relent. Your prayers are important. God hears you. God hears you. You are his covenant son. You are his covenant daughters. God hears you. God hearkens to your voice. He hears you. He hears you in the secret place. He hears you behind the closed doors in the quiet. God can hear your tears crying. God can hear your tears praying for you. He hears. Do not relent. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Look at me, church, tonight. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, say it to me, Brent. For in due season, we shall reap a harvest if we faint not. Yes. 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 It's been a mighty night. I want to give you the opportunity. This is hard to transition right now. I just want to give an altar call and just open the altars and just have the, the church flock and lay before the Lord. This is so different. <laughs> but tonight, tonight before we close the broadcast, we want to give you the opportunity to give unto the Lord. And your giving is worship. Your giving is worship. 
You know, I want to speak. If, if you can just bring it down just a touch, Cody. Thank you for your sensitivity. You're always that way. Thank you. I, I just, I want to speak and just be very personal. I, I know that there are those in the body who have, le- who have lost their jobs. I know there, there are those in the body who have been laid off or who are on furlough. I, we, know, we know what it's like to go without paychecks in 25 years of ministry. We know what it's like to go without, don't we? We know what it is to sacrifice major. We know what it is. I know some of you are deeply hurting. You're going to see a turnaround. You're going to see a turnaround. Stay in faith. And if you don't have seed to give right now, no condemnation. No condemnation. You just lift your hands and say, Father, I receive because you give seed to the sower. You give bread for food. You give seed to the sower. You give bread for food. God will give you seed. God will give you the ability. It will come. I want to strengthen our body tonight. And I just, I just want to thank you again for this opportunity that we have to sow in this time of famine. And I'm declaring over the church, it's not a famine for the church. It may be a famine in the world, but it is not a famine in the church. We are God's covenant sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. It was, it was a total blackout in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. <laughs> Glory to God. I want to give you this opportunity to give tonight. You can give right there very easily, very securely. VictoryFLA.com. VictoryFLA.com. You can give your offering. You can give your tithe. You can give to missions tonight. You can sow into our miracle building that is coming. Somebody say it's coming. Our miracle building, our miracle property, Cody, it's coming. No more set up and tear down it. <laughs> it's coming. It's going to happen. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know how, but he's going to do it. I don't know how, but he's going to do it. He's going to do it right here. God is good. And it'll be a testimony that it'll never be taken away from us. We'll look back and we'll say, God did it all. and He deserves all the glory and all the credit and the honor. You can give tonight at victoryfla.com. You can give there safely, securely. For those of you that maybe you don't feel comfortable in doing that, you can always mail an offering in around the country. It happens every day. Partners are giving around the country to Light the Fire Ministries and Victory, a church of His presence at P.O. Box 51586. Is that there on the screen for them tonight? Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you, brother. P.O. Box 51586, Sarasota, Florida, 34232. If you're watching us tonight, maybe you've just come across us. Where in the world is Sarasota? Sarasota is an hour south of Tampa on the Gulf of Mexico. We have a beautiful city here, a beautiful city that needs Jesus desperately desperately so I want to thank you for giving tonight I want to thank you for sowing I want to thank you for praying worshiping with us our worship team my God incredible tonight 
Well, thank you, all of you, for being with us. Bren, anything in your heart that you want to release for the people before, before we sign off the broadcast? Anything? You're good? You sure? You good? Okay. <laughs> so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, tonight we bless you. Those of you that are here and those of you that are abroad, we bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be strengthened. Be encouraged. The Lord God is with you. The Lord God goes before you. He fights every battle for you. He, he is supplying every need for you. Every one of your financial needs, every one of your emotional, physical, spiritual needs provided for. He's blessing you. He's making a way right now where there is no way. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. My God, I'm going to write a song. That is who you are. I mean, I'm just going to write a song right now. I just felt, I just felt, can you just follow me? Just make something up. That is who you are. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Come on, I don't have a voice. Sing, Cody, please. I don't even have anything left in here tonight. Go ahead and sing it over us before we leave. Are we still going? Come on, just declare it over us, Cody, and, th and then uh, we'll sign off. We love you guys. We love you so much. We miss you. Blow you a kiss. Come on, Bren. Amen. Love you guys. Love you guys. Cody, sing us out. That is who you are. Boy, you.
bless you, Victory. We love you. Have a great, wonderful week. We will see you next Saturday at 6 p.m. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.